0: Welcome to A Space, a podcast by, for, and about people on the asexual spectrum. My name is Michaela Kennedy. Yes, that is a name change. No no significant life events. I am just rebranding myself on the internet. Oh, yeah, I'm a demisexual girl from Seattle.
1: Yes. <laughs> My name is Alex Abe. I'm sorry, your whole just like no major life changes there thing just threw me because that, that wasn't even I didn't even consider people would think that. Okay, um, sorry. So I'm Alex Abe. I am a non-binary person from Rhode Island, and I am asexual and queer. I'm never gonna get good at doing that. I, no, it's, it's never gonna. I'm never gonna introduce myself well.
0: Well, we haven't done this in two months, so it's it's acceptable, I think. So on today's episode of A Space, we're bringing in the new year with a look back at the last decade in asexuality. Um, we're going to be talking about some major steps in asexuality, some visibility in asexuality. I feel like this decade has been really, um, what is the word I am looking for? progressive yeah progressive works yeah it there's been a lot of steps forward and i think in terms of visibility and knowledge of asexuality
1: i also think it's important to note that like when when we say this past decade it's mostly because this is the decade in which both of us were sort of coming of age um and i think we've witnessed a lot of this stuff firsthand but we will also mention things that happened prior to because it's not like asexuality is new right it's like it existed before this past decade it's just become a lot more easy and accessible to talk about in the last decade
0: yes that was my point like um we have more visibility now and more awareness and even in just the last few years i feel like there's been a lot of growth in that but that's what we're going to be talking about today (laughs) um before we start i do want to say sorry for not being here for two months. It is not for lack of trying. We did record two separate occasions of trying to do a Ask an Allosexual um, episode, and both of those occasions, which were probably three, three and a half hours in total, were lost. We will be doing that eventually, (laughs) but... I our didn't our
1: poor friend who we got to do it with was so kind and understanding and like yeah I'll do it again and then the, it happened the second time and I was like we can't ask her to do this again
0: <laughs> right That's I was like, I'm not going to waste her time <laughs> again doing I the know. same questions uh, but I do want to do that episode I think we'll just give it a little bit of time and then ask if people have new time, questions yeah. and then you know resource it as we do um but hopefully if you're listening to this that means we figured out a way to record without our audio corrupting and then we will be more regular about this uploading thing
1: 2020 is gonna be a a big year for us
0: 2020 the year of actually getting our shit together yeah
1: yeah hopefully That's my New Year's resolution.
0: But everybody has been very nice, even though we've been absent. So um, thank you to everyone who is listening currently or has listened. And I hope that you will bear with us as we (laughs) get our lives together a little bit.
1: So I was thinking maybe I could start off just because mine mine chronologically kind of predates everything. I wanted to look into like kind of so obviously like the etymology of the word asexual is that like a is a prefix that denotes the opposite of and sexual, so not sexual. Um, And it's a word that, you know, a lot of people know from biology textbooks more so than they do in terms of like a human sexuality. But I wanted to know when it started to be applied to human sexuality. And I found out that the first instance of that was with the Kinsey scale, which I think most queer people are pretty familiar with. But just in case you aren't, um, it is a scale developed by this guy named Alfred Kinsey in the 40s and 50s i think um i don't have an exact date on it but i know he was publishing uh like statistical data about it in the early 50s and the late 40s um and he studied human sexual behavior in the human male uh and sexual behavior in the human female and those were two different studies that he released and basically his scale asks you can find it online if you would like to take the the test that he would give people but it asks you know uh to what degree you are Heterosexual or homosexual, and then it places you on a chart, and it's sort of like a graph. And the idea behind it was to prove that sexuality is a fluid experience, and this was very revolutionary at the time because nobody had ever considered this before. Um, But he also introduced a it's called a grade that you can get, like your your results or your grade. And he uh, introduced a grade called X, which indicated no sociosexual context or reactions which is what we would now call asexual. Um, so basically someone with no sexual drive or preferences in either direction. Uh, so that's kind of where the uh, like identification of asexuality began. Obviously people experienced asexuality prior to this, but it had never been something that people had language to discuss. So this is kind of the beginning of that. Um, and yeah, <laughs> so that's the Kinsey scale. I don't think, I haven't taken it Recently, but i I think that the Should questions we take right now? are all sexuality it. based, and we could take it. Okay, um, let's let's see what we get on the Kinsey scale test. Um, but I, I don't think it it like allows room for romantic attraction, so that could also fuck it up. Like if you're answering questions knowing that you have romantic attraction, I guess.
0: Um, I got zero, so I'm completely heterosexual. I got X okay so really yeah so i think the thing is um why i didn't register as asexual because they speak in terms of like absolutes and because i'm demisexual yeah exactly i have experienced sexual attraction no when i was
1: thinking about that yeah as i was taking it i was like i'm lying on some of
0: these because you want to get the x answer because <laughs> you know it's right yeah, no no oh.
1: No, because it would like for some of them, it would be like I have never experienced sexual attraction. Like that's not true. Yeah. Like generally, I don't. But you right. know, so it, it didn't feel very nuanced to me. No,
0: I think it should be like a um a link linkert. Is that the name? <laughs> linkert, is that the name yeah. of the scale? You lost me. <laughs> what? I have no idea. You know, you know the I don't know what you're talking about. The scale that goes from strongly disagree to strongly agree. I think it's called oh, the Likert yes. scale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? I don't know. Okay, it should be like that. I have no clue. Basically, we're saying I the agree. Kinsey scale was useful and revolutionary, but now it's outdated. Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, yes. Strong agree.
1: <laughs> so then, if we're if if we want to jump forward closer to this decade, but still not quite there yet, um, in two thousand one, Aven was founded. Um, our and good I, friends I feel like we've Avon. maybe talked about Aven before. I love yeah, our good friends over at Aven, the Asexual Visibility and Education Network, um. And they were, this is what I'm reading this right off their website, uh, was founded in 2001 with two distinct goals, creating public acceptance and discussion of asexuality and facilitating the growth of an asexual community. And I think I can definitely say that they have done that Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I definitely, when I was a teenager, I used this website as a resource all the time and it was very helpful.
0: I didn't even know they existed until we started this podcast. So, oh wow! Yeah, see, I'm not a very good asexual. <laughs> I don't know much oh, my about this, and yet here I am running this podcast. <laughs> I don't claim to be an expert. Well,
1: that's that's what that's what the podcast is for. It's um for you know educating. We're, we're getting there. <laughs>
0: educating ourselves, yeah, <laughs> and sharing
1: educating ourselves and others. Um, but I think that a- one thing about Avon that has been important is. Um, Even though they were founded almost 20 years ago now, this past decade, especially, I think with the prevalence of people getting online um, and just like the founding of social media sites like Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, uh, like anything where you can link to something else, basically people starting those discussions about asexuality and then being able to have this website, namely, but also, you know, other resources that they can link to and look at and see you know, a sort of um, amalgamation of different people talking about their identities in a way that you never got to experience before because it was so isolated. You know, like, you might be asexual and not know a single other asexual person, but then you get online and you meet a ton of asexual people who are just not in your geographic area. Um, And it really opens the door for conversations and awareness
0: this conversation reminded me of a great thing that actually did start this decade and that is ace week mm-hmm. um originally founded as a sexual awareness week and that was founded in 2010 um i don't know wow. who it was for-
1: Ooh, anniversary yeah
0: 10 year anniversary um do you know who founded it off the top of your head i don't okay because i was thinking it might have been even and I then doubt. <laughs> is not in their about section that I am looking at right now. So, this is a good transition into my stuff too. So, Ace Week is a week dedicated to raising awareness of the asexual identity and anything that arrives on the Ace Spectrum. There is also an Arrow Week for aromantic awareness. So, a Aromantic Spectrum Awareness Week happens in February. Um, and ace week happens in october this year it was october 27th which Mm -hmm. leads into actually the first thing i wanted to talk about which is actually a major news source covering asexuality this year in on october 20th so the week before ace awareness week cnn posted a article on what asexuality is and isn't. It was titled Asexuality Isn't Celibacy or Abstinence. Here's what it is and isn't. Very straightforward title. And that is by Hermeet Core. It, yeah, Har- by Meat Core. Um, again, it was published a week before Ace Awareness Week. So I think you can see that Ace Awareness Week is actually moving. Steps forward. I applaud it for that. I think it's doing great work. So, what I like about this article is first that it says it's not celibacy or abstinence in the title, which is great because I feel like a lot of people n- incorrectly assume they know what asexuality is and so they attribute it to those things when it's really not. So, I like that they debunk that immediately in the title and then like draw people in. Um, Their information was all based on sources from Aces and Arrows, Avon, and the Trevor Project, which I also really liked. So, you know, with, like, real LGBTQ, you know, sources and good information. And one of the lines they have here is, "'It's not celibacy or abstinence. Because asexuality is a sexual orientation, it's not a choice.' That makes asexual people different from those who choose not to have sex for religious reasons or to avoid pregnancy. It doesn't mean that aces have intimacy issues. Thank you. Good night. I love that. (laughs) Well, it's just nice to see like a major news source. Like CNN is a major American news source and they're actually trying to educate people on asexuality and not just spreading, you know, stigma. Yep. It's nice. Yeah, it's nice. So, in this last decade and in recent years, we have seen a big rise in the visibility of ace, and asexuality and aromanticism. That is, in a large part, because of the work of so many people, like Avon and like. Ace Week and all of these different LGBTQ organizations that are actually working mm-hmm. to educate people and actually raise that awareness. And they've been doing a great job. Um, and one of the ways that we can raise visibility of asexuality is in media. And so I was actually very curious to know if any celebrities were publicly asexual. And I actually have a list and I was very excited to hear some of the names. On this list so um oh yeah here's- hit me <laughs> well just one really but here is a list of publicly asexual people that are in the media and using the term asexual so there were a few lists that kind of inferred that people were asexual because they were celibate or didn't have mm-hmm. sex and i was like mm, we're not going to use those we're going to use people who actually use terms That are asexual or identities that are on the ace spectrum. And they have used that term themselves. The first is the one I'm very excited for. Tim Gunn. Tim Gunn has said he's always been asexual. Um, He hasn't been in a romantic relationship. He's homo romantic, But he hasn't been in one since the 80s. So I think he also kind of leans aromantic. But, like, that's my projection. Like, uh, he hasn't said that. But he has used the term asexual. When describing, I don't that he's
1: woke enough to also call himself homo romantic. Well, he didn't. Go to Tim Gunn. Oh, he said
0: gay. I thought you said, oh yeah, no. Wait, he said he's, he's
1: gay and asexual. Yeah, well, that's what he meant. I'm just, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm proud of Tim Gunn for being woke enough to understand you can be two things.
0: Yes. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> I was at like putting words in his mouth. He didn't say homo romantic, but he's a gay asexual man.
1: I love Tim Gunn.
0: I'm so excited. I love Tim Gunn. He described himself as asexual when describing an old relationship where his partner cheated on him, and a lot of the problems in the relationship he said came from the fact that he's always been a bit asexual, as he described himself. So, Tim, welcome to the community. You've been here for a while, but I'm going to say welcome we're happy to have you you're an icon <laughs> you've been formally welcomed by us um, so <laughs> you're welcome welcome in um, some other names that you may or may not know the first um, is Caitlyn Jenner who we have some opinions about but she has said yeah. that she is identifying as asexual so I think that's kind of interesting I did not know that but she can any- be whatever
1: she wants it's fine
0: I just I just like the fact that asexual that was a way to pronounce it I like the fact that asexual asexual (laughs) asexual is becoming so commonplace of a term that celebrities that are very public figures like Caitlyn Jenner can use the term and people accept it yes agreed other people on this list, um, comedian Jen- Janine Garfalo, uh comedian Paula Poundstone, Deer Hunter and Atlas Sound, frontman Bradford Cox. Can That's deal. Interesting from-
1: <laughs> that he's a deer hunter first and the frontman of Atlas Sound second. <laughs> no, they're both bands, Alex. Oh. <laughs> and- <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying he hunts deer and this is the frontman of Alice.
0: <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Yeah. I World renowned deer hunter.
1: Yeah, that's well, I was like, that's
0: interesting. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Kim Deal from the Pixies and the Breeders also bans Alex um, and, uh, yeah, Ricky Dillon, <laughs> and Ricky Dylan and Ricky Dylan and Evan Ellen, Ev, Edinger Evan Edinger from YouTube are both um people who have used asexual or um in Evan's case demisexual to describe themselves and Evan actually makes a few not like All his content is not this, but he has made a few videos on his sexuality. So I have enjoyed him.
1: Hell yeah.
0: Um, Hell yeah. Another example of ace visibility in media is books. This last few years, I feel like in the last maybe three years, especially, we've seen a big increase in asexual main characters or prominent side characters in books, particularly in Mm -hmm. YA and I think the reason why we see it more in YA than adult... Well, first of all, me and Alex have a bias. We read primarily at YA um, versus Although adult. Although I think adult. lately that's not true for either of yeah, us. I was going to say, I think lately that's been changing. but. Um, and so I think the reason why we see a lot of asexual characters in YA is because it deals a lot with identity and growth. And I think discovering sexuality is a natural part of that and it just it lends itself better to that age category in a lot of ways to explore the asexual experience itself which I think why it has begun there and I think it's going to expand into more adult titles but I do have a list of books here Um, I think only two of them are adult books but I'm just gonna go through and each of these books has either a main character that identifies on the a Spectrum, where it has a prominent side character that does. So let's talk about Love. This is by Claire Kahn, and it features a main asexual character. Um, Radio Silence by Alice Osman. This features a demisexual prominent side character, but I will say that that term is not used until the end of the book. Or very close to the end of the book. So, Tosh Hart's Tolstoy, which is by K.E. K. E. Ormsby. Um, I haven't read this one, but it does feature an asexual main character. Um, Before I Let Go by Marika Nykamp, which is a thriller book, but it's so good. Um, I highly recommend. It also features an asexual main character. I think she no, she's asexual, not demisexual. Love her. It's a great book. Also, a great book, Once in the Future, Once and Future by Amy Rose Capetta and Corey McCarthy. Yes, there is a prominent side character who identifies as asexual. Also, this book is very, very queer and it's a King Arthur retelling in space. It's very good.
1: We gotta plug
0: it. (laughs) We're, we're plugging it, like, hardcore right now because we love it very also,
1: much. Also, the asexual character is, like, in the sequel. So good. <laughs>
0: like Full disclosure, Alex is good friends <laughs> with the authors. <laughs> um, but it is a good I loved very the book, book before I knew um, them, <laughs> to
1: be, also. True. Full disclosure on that one. I loved the book before I met them. <laughs> and then I was so geeky about the book that we became friends.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then i i read the book and i really loved it and joined the street team for it so um mm-hmm. we are going to shove this down your throat and you should read it it's very good you
1: should read it please just very read it. good anyway
0: the next book is put in by julie murphy this features a side character who comes out as asexual to the main character and that's a little like it's a small chunk of the book, but it is like a plot point of her realizing that her friend is asexual and, you know, negotiating that. And I actually really love that book. It's one of my favorite books ever. So read it. The uh, next book is an adult book, but it's also a short story or novella, and that's Every Heart a Doorway. This is by Shannon McGuire, It features a main character in the first book, Every Hearted Doorway, and also a murder mystery, which is super fun. This character does appear in other books, but they are like, they're not strictly linear books. They're all about fairy tale worlds in some way and portal fantasies in some way, but it's very good. So I would highly recommend We also have The Lady's Guide to Petticoats and Piracy by Mackenzie Lee. Full disclosure, another friend of Alex's.
1: (laughs) And again, I love the book before. Former (laughs) co-worker. We're former co-workers.
0: Lady's Guide to Petticoats and Piracy is a companion novel to The Gentleman's Guide to Vice and Virtue. I think it's actually a sequel. So you might have to read the first one. Lady's Guide follows an asexual main character who is in the 18th century, and I believe that she wants to be a pirate rather than a proper lady. We also have The Diviners by Libba Bray, which is another series that features a very um, diverse cast, and one of the characters is asexual. She's a prominent character. There's not really... I guess there is one main character, but it's a big cast of characters, and she's one of the primary characters. But she doesn't come around much until the second book, where she has a very prominent um, role, and also the term asexual is used. And that's great. It's that 1920s, I love queer representation in historical fiction, Mm because it proves that we've been around for ages okay yep (laughs) and the last one is vicious and vengeful by v.e schwab these are adult sci-fi novels about um two villains who try and kill each other um they get superpowers and they try and kill each other and our main character is asexual and that is described in the second book vengeful
1: i also think that um that that i was wondering if you were going to mention vicious just cuz it's not mentioned like in vicious specifically but i was thinking about like do we count representation when the word isn't specifically used um and personally i am of the mindset that like if you can make the argument that the character is asexual and it's not specifically stated it's more of a headcanon but i do also think that there are fundamentally queer mm-hmm. texts that we like everybody talks about a separate piece as being like you know, and I don't think they actually use any identifying terms at all in that book. I haven't read it because I've heard it sucks. But anyway, um, but it's like a hist- it's a classic. It's a classic. It's a like old book that is to, like it's about a really strong male friendship or whatever. Um, they don't call it gay at any point, but people think of it as like a fundamental queer novel. And I think that it's important not to write things off for existing before the author may have been aware of the language. Or in a setting where the language wouldn't be used. I think that Vicious also was written before the author herself knew that the character was asexual. And that's why it doesn't come in until the second one. uh, Which I think is Mm -hmm. interesting and fun. And I like that she was open to being like, oh, you know what? I think he's actually asexual.
0: Yeah. And she canonized it. So Mm -hmm. that's points for me. I will say every single one of these books that I mentioned does use the term asexual or in some cases, demisexual, on page. So none of them are inferred headcanons. They're all on page representation. And, you, I, and all of them also play a major role in the story. So they're not just like a one-off side character that you see for about three pages. They actually play a part in each story. All right, so the last thing I have is a fun thing. Um, I really like that dating apps like Bumble and Tinder now list asexual and demisexual as, um, like, sexual orientations that you yeah. can list on your profile if you choose to do so. I think Bumble, you can actually do more than asexual and demisexual. I'm not sure. But, like, I think that they might have even, like, sexual on there. So I think that's very cool. And there's also... A spotlight video that Tinder put out on YouTube about um, is people describing what asexual means to them and their asexual people. Mm -hmm. And that video has gotten over 700,000 views. So I think it's very great that dating apps are creating a space for asexual people to show their identity and be upfront about that and make it more inclusive to queer people spaces
1: yeah actually and i i think OK cupid um actually lets you like type the word that you identify with it's not like a drop down list which i thought was neat oh nice yeah
0: yeah it's very cool
1: and then it'll ask you like okay we we understand that like not everything falls into a neat box but what is the closest approximation to your identity and then it gives you a drop down list and you pick from that but the thing that appears on your profile is what you type um and that's just so it can like use algorithms and oh, nice. stuff but i th- i don't know i like i appreciated that
0: i actually matched with an asexual man for the first time on oh, hell yeah
1: hell yeah! And i was
0: like yo me too <laughs> <laughs> i was like same do you do you have anything else to add? No,
1: I talked about what I wanted anything? to talk about. Basic, I think basically like okay. L- with all of this in mind, we're looking at a really bright 2020 for asexuality in general. Like I think now more than ever, people are familiar and comfortable with the term, and like I can't wait to see what Pride 2020 looks like. I feel like it's going to be a beautiful, inclusive rainbow,
0: purple, purple and black, mm-hmm. the goth rainbow. That's all it's going to be It's the goth rainbow. We are the goth. Goth is for the asexuals only. Yeah. Only sexuals are goth. If you're asexual, you're also a goth. Sorry, mm-hmm. I don't make the rules. Okay, anyway. I think that's the end of this episode. Um, Thank you for listening. Um, Hopefully we will be on a more regular schedule soon. And send us any ideas that you have for podcasts or episodes that you want us to talk about yeah questions you you have or
1: just like general things you would like to hear discuss i was thinking about this the other day how sometimes it's not necessarily a question it's just something i want to hear people talk about because i don't know how i feel about
0: it yet like
1: anything like that right counts as a question
0: yeah send us topic ideas if you in requests if you have them. Um, you can send us an email at a space at gmail.com or you can tweet at us at a space podcast on Twitter. If you want to follow me, I am Michaela Tweeting on Twitter. That is M I K A Y L A tweeting. I am
1: Abe on Twitter. I'm A I E X A B E. Mikaela is also on YouTube sometimes i am on
0: youtube (laughs) um youtube.com slash michaela kennedy and you can also find me on instagram at michaela underscore kennedy with two y's
1: nice i think as in in the spirit of um i wanted to bring this up several other times and then got sidetracked because i have bad brain um but i was thinking maybe we could introduce like a dear abby type of uh, segment where people anonymously send us their like very oh, stories, fun. and we give like maybe I don't know if advice is the right word, but like because <laughs> I don't know that
0: will help, but commiserate. Yeah, that would be fun. I like that. Yeah. Send us your stuff.
1: Yeah. Talk to us.
0: We like talking to you. Okay. I think that's it for this episode. Thank you all so much for listening, and we will see you again soon. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.